It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. God refers to his people as the blessed of the Father in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. What does the word blessed mean? It means to be happy, supremely happy, enriched with benefits, spiritually prosperous, and highly favored of God. And that is God's declaration over those who are in covenant with him. Why do you qualify to be the blessed of the Father? To understand that, we need to go back to the original parable that contains that statement, and that is Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. It's been called the parable of the sheep and the goats. Now, the sheep represent the righteous, those who are in a covenant relationship with God, and goats, which have a rebellious nature, represent the children of darkness who are outside of a relationship with God. And this parable contrasts the two. And in verse 34, the king says to those sheep on his right hand, "'Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world.'" And so those who qualify as the blessed of the Father can trace their roots all the way back to the very foundation. The scripture says that our names have been in the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. And it also says you and I have been chosen in him before the foundation of the world. God is a sovereign God who has a predestined plan that includes every one of his born-again, blood-washed people. He said, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he gave an explanation and listen to it closely. He said, for... I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick, or in prison. And he said, Assuredly, I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. I want you to notice right now that those he refers to as the blessed of the Father do not qualify for that position because of their own personal status of blessing. That's not the indicator. The indication of their blessed status is how they bless others. And that's the way the kingdom of God works. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's not all about us. It's all about others. In fact, when God revealed himself to Abraham, 
His first words in Genesis 12 were, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. So God poured his blessing into Abraham's life so that he could transmit it to others. Now, I believe the parable of the sheep and the ghosts can be interpreted on two levels. Thank God for all of those involved in outreaches to the poor and to the underprivileged who in a very natural way supply food and drink and clothing to those who lack these natural and material things. And thank God for those who visit the sick in hospitals and visit prisoners that are incarcerated. And I've done all of those things. And many of you are involved in those kind of outreaches. But this can also be interpreted on another spiritual level. Because prior to salvation, you and I are starving to death. We lack the living bread from heaven. We do not have spiritual sustenance. We are dying of thirst spiritually. We're naked because we do not have the covering of the robe of righteousness. We are sick because our souls have been sickened with the disease of sin. And we're in a prison of our own carnal consciousness, locked inside of a prison of what we can only perceive with our five senses and driven by the passions of the flesh. But thank God, someone who was blessed in the sight of heaven came and brought the blessing to you of the bread of life and the water of life. And God uh, gave you robes of righteousness and garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And then he brought you out of prison into the liberty and the freedom that only Jesus can give. Thank God for the day when a blessed man named Kent Sullivan shared the gospel with me. He picked me up hitchhiking. He was an answer to my prayer. I had prayed all day long that day that if Jesus was the only way to heaven, he would give me a supernatural sign. I was a yoga teacher at four universities. My testimony, by the way, is offered as a free download on my website. You can go and download the book, The Highest Adventure, Encountering God. But someone who was blessed was not satisfied holding the blessing within themselves. And Kent felt the compelling voice of the Lord tell him to pull over and pick me up hitchhiking. I was on my way to the University of South Florida to teach a yoga class, and I climbed in a van and saw a picture of Jesus on the ceiling. I knew it was the answer to my prayer. Within a half hour, I was on my knees praying, being born again. I canceled my classes. I shut down my yoga ashram because I found the key to being blessed in this life. And I found a relationship with the God of heaven. Thank God. Thank God for the person who brought me into that revelation. But see, we become debtors. When we receive the blessing of God, we should not feel an obligation. It should be a compassionate thing. It should be a passionate thing as well. Compassionate and passionate that we reach out to others because we see a world around us that is so full of the curse, the curse 
has its origin all the way back in the Garden of Eden when God pronounced a curse on Adam, on Eve, and on the serpent. And from that point forward, humanity was cursed with separation from God. The curse enveloped the world in darkness and despair and invades the home of every person who is in rebellion against God. In fact, one verse in Proverbs chapter 3 says, The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but he blesses the habitation of the just. You can walk in somebody's home and feel an invisible subliminal presence of either a curse or a blessing. And that's determined by whether or not those who are in authority in the home are in a relationship with God or they're walking in rebellion and self-centeredness. Praise God, I want the blessing of God in my home because I want to be one of the blessed of the Father. And I want my life to be focused on blessing others as a result. Now, there's much I could go into in the Old Testament, but I want to talk to you about a couple of pivotal points where the blessing of God was magnified in this world incredibly. Now, first, I'm going to take you to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. I'm not even talking about tithes and offerings, even though that's included in this verse. That's not really my focus, but listen to what God said. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me now or try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, that was a powerful, powerful promise that God gave the children of Israel through the last prophet of the Old Testament, Malachi. And after he gave this word, after he filled that prophetic role, Israel had 400 years of prophetic silence before the Messiah came. And during that time, it was anything but an era of overflowing blessing. They were dominated by the Grecians. They were dominated by the Romans Two foreign Gentile empires were in control of Israel. The only time they had any freedom was about 100 years where the Maccabees were struggling against the invaders. But it was still a time of great challenge financially and materially and socially and religiously. In every way, it was a very difficult time of striving and struggling. And yet God had said, bring the tithe and the offering into the storehouse and prove me now and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing where there won't be room enough to receive it. Well, one time years ago, many years ago, I was reading that passage and I said, God, you never give a promise that you don't back up with performance. I said, when did you do this? Because I don't find it in history happening. I don't find any time after Malachi said that of evidence of overflowing blessing among the people of God in the Old Testament. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, turn the page. And I turned the page out of Malachi into the division between the Old Testament and New Testament. Then I heard the Lord say, turn another page. And when I did, 
my eyes fell on that passage of scripture where John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus in the river Jordan. And the windows of heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And God said, that's when it happened. That's when the promise came to pass because the blessing that was poured out on the Messiah was so rich and so full and so powerful, it could not be contained within the walls of Judaism. It overflowed the banks of Israel into every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, every race, every ethnic group. The overflowing blessing of God went global from that point forward. And so God's promise did come to pass, but it had to come to pass through the Messiah. Another tremendous passage of scripture about the blessing of God and our status as the blessed of the Father is Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. This is talking about the crucifixion. And it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. First, I want you to see that Christ redeemed us, which means he bought us back. He loosed us away from the bondage of the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? Deuteronomy 27, 26 sums it up. That verse says, cursed be he who confirms not all the words of this law to do them. And that included the 613 commandments of the Torah. And that was a proclamation of a curse on anyone who failed to fulfill the 613 commandments that were necessary to walk in covenant with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now think of that. So it was bondage in a sense to be under the dominion of the law because no one could live up to that demand of walking a perfect walk in this world. But it said Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, it's written in the law, cursed be he who hangs on a tree. So he was executed in a way that was identified as being exemplary of a cursed person. Why? Because he became a curse for us. He absorbed the sum total of all the curse that should fall on all the seed of Adam, all that ever have been, all that ever will be, so that the blessing of Abraham, which was the blessing of God on his life, so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Of course, to be in Christ, you must be under his lordship, under his dominion. Isn't that amazing? What a pivotal point. What a monumental moment when Jesus hung on the cross, 
what a curse it was that he died that way, but how God turned the curse into a blessing because it became the conduit of forgiveness and mercy and compassion and restoration and righteousness and wisdom and knowledge and power and authority to everyone who would ever turn and look toward him in his time of suffering. Now we can move from the cross to the benefits that come through the resurrection. And in Ephesians chapter one, verse three, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now the resurrected savior wants to position us in a place of blessing. Think of this. Now, it's all going to redound to his praise. It starts out with the statement, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we send the blessing back to him in the form of worship. But it says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That means every single thing, spiritually speaking, that you could have need of has already been provided. He has blessed you. That's the present perfect tense. That means something that has happened in the past, but continues to the present and will surely continue on into the future. So he already has blessed us when he came out of the grave and conquered sin, conquered death, conquered Satan, conquered hell. Then all that conquering power overflowed to us so that we could be recipients of the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, the love that surpasses knowledge, the wisdom that is unsearchable and found in Christ. All these spiritual blessings abound in Christ in heavenly places. And the Bible said, we are seated with him in heavenly places. In other words, we are not bound by this world that is permeated with the curse, but we are in a position of rest, in a position of victory, in a position of blessedness and blessing enthroned with the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're seated with Christ, then that means we are reigning over all the negative elements that we face in this life. Now, these are fantastic words and fabulous insights, and you need to begin to proclaim and confess, I am blessed and I am highly favored of God. Why? Because Jesus became a curse for us that the blessing of God might abound toward us. And we need to lay claim to what he purchased for us so that we can be a blessing to others in the earth and so that we can bless God by walking in faith and walking in the realization of who we are in Christ. I am one of the blessed of the Father. You are one of the blessed of the Father if you have been born again. Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given his people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. 
We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be. 